1: boner I don't know shit about fuck fucker I like sucking but I ain't gay legit Bad. podcast
2: fuck those Uh, podcasts welcome to Costco I love you he really knows how to suck on a weird weird.
1: Hello, woohoo! Welcome to Legit Bat. Uh, we are Sans Ben again today. He's busy with his kiddos for the holidays, so well, we give him a pass. Uh, I'm Joe. Jen's with me though, and our guest is Drew Missin from You're Missin' the Point. And I found out about this guy through Moral Bob's show, uh, Hidden in Plain Sight. He was doing a. He was on there doing a movie reviews. And if you haven't caught it yet, go check that out. It's, uh, they do a Truman Show review and a couple other ones, but the Truman Show one is really good. Uh, so if you get a chance to check that out. I'm going to try to remember my plugs at the beginning, since I keep forgetting. Uh, if you're on audio, you know you can go to Rockfin, ad-free. It's 10 bucks a month, and you get everybody's shit on there. Better than Netflix. Not that that's hard to do, but it's definitely better than Netflix. Probably more content, too. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can do it through Rockfin or... The donation button at the bottom of the show notes, or you can get yourself a hat or a shirt at legitbat.com. And is that about it? I don't. Know. I can't remember anything else. Instagram, we have the dankest of memes. Instagram at legitbat. And, You're oh, doing we're, a great job. We are we are uh posting some stuff on YouTube. It's a uh, ticking time bomb as to when we'll get booted off there for God knows what, since they don't tell you. But you can check it out there. And yeah, I think that's about it. All right, we'll bring in Drew. Drew. Oi, cunt! What's up? Okay <laughs> guys. How are we going?
0: Good, Again. dude.
1: So, start out by uh, telling us about your show and what you guys do over there and uh, the new show that you have coming out, too.
2: Uh, yeah, um, I just started a podcast this year around January, February, early in the year. Um, just cracked the 10-episode mark, and it was just a means for me to actually reach out and talk to the people I've been listening to for the past three years, so... Yeah, it's a little bit selfish in that regard that I'm using it to talk to people I listen to on a regular basis, but just long form conversations about things that I want to learn about or things that I think might be interesting to other people and kind of present it with a bit of an Australian twist on it at the same time.
1: Hey, it's not selfish. That's basically what I did with the show. I, I didn't start out like that, but I found out really quick that I'd be able to talk to people that I would never be able to talk to if I told them I had a show. So having a show, I mean, get people like Tommy Chong on. He's like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'll come on. I'm like, what?
3: We had so many podcasts that we were listening to when we started in 2020, and we never even thought about having them on the show. So that's interesting that you, I mean, we did have them on the show eventually, but in the beginning, we were like, oh, no, that would never happen. So that's really cool that you did that to reach out to people.
2: Yeah, um, it's it's a bit of a whirlwind. It goes. It's a strange place to be in, to be a listener, and then to be either be on people's shows or have them on yours. Like, I started off with being a guest on Deborah Gets Red bill talking about Australian cryptids, and that kind of escalated into my own show, and it's been a bit of a a spiral ever since. Just allocating time on weekends and trying to get people on and be on other people's shows, but it's been an absolute blast.
1: Yeah, nice. scheduling is the hardest thing, especially when you're what eighteen hours ahead of us or something.
2: Yeah, something ridiculous.
1: <laughs> I couldn't even figure it out. Like It took us a, like a half hour going back and forth trying to figure out what time is my time and what time is his time. Worked it out, though. It's what, 11 o'clock in the morning over there? 10?
2: It is 12 o'clock now. Oh, 12 So o'clock. daylight savings has happened since, so we've got extra hours now. Nice. It's all over the place. Nice.
3: Have you ever seen, an, just randomly, sorry, have you ever seen an Australian cryptid? I know you guys have some cool stuff out there. We listen to Mysterious Universe a lot, so they cover... A lot of Australians. I
2: haven't seen Australian cryptids per se. I've seen an orb um, and I've got my own experience with uh, a gray alien in a car as a kid, but I know plenty about it, but I haven't actually seen what you consider the stereotypical cryptid like a, a Yowie or a quinkin or anything like that.
1: Yeah. And if anybody missed the uh, Halloween show we did, he actually was on there uh, telling that story about the weird picture and it's all on, well, it would be on Rockfin, I guess, but yeah, you can see the weird picture he caught in the car and Pretty crazy story. Love that one.
0: Yeah. yeah um, as...
1: Oh, go ahead.
2: No, you're right. Um, yeah, and like you said, um, met Bob oh, early on in, in podcasting. I started messaging him as a fan and ended up connecting with him and threw the idea out, do we, would you like to review some movies and see what type of hidden symbolisms in those? And we started a short-lived little series called Movie Minds, and that's now evolved into Conspiracy Theatre 3000 in which – Myself, Bob, and Andy Rouse, uh, tag teaming that, and we're going to go through a whole heap of movies, and hopefully, it's something people really enjoy.
1: Yeah, that's going to be awesome. And uh, congratulations on hitting ten episodes. They always say most podcasts end at seven episodes, so you've you broke through the uh, the wall. So I think you're going to keep going now.
2: Well, yeah, I'm in, in for a penny, in for a pound. At this point, I think.
1: Yep. Well, and you already have your equipment now, so you kind of have a reason to keep going, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's paid for it, motors make use of it, eh? <laughs>
1: yep. So how's it going down there in Australia as far as, uh, not to like get into too much COVID shit, but how it, how actually is it down there? Because the news we hear over here, Australia and New Zealand were like the most totalitarian playgrounds for the elites. And uh, I just want to hear it from someone who actually lives there. Is it really as bad as we were all hearing this whole time?
2: Yeah, it really was. Um, I think there was parts that were probably dramatised for American media, but I live in Victoria and Melbourne, our capital city, and our state in general is the most lockdown place in the world, the longest time in lockdown. Uh, Some of the most harshest restrictions, which you would usually only associate with the communist China regime, where we had drones flying around telling people to get off beaches and our premier telling us you can't watch sunsets because it's illegal. We had... uh, (laughs) Curfews, which we didn't even have during wartime during the Second World War, so yeah. And and at the end of the day, in looking back in hindsight, now we had all those oppressive restrictions. Yet in the country, the entire country, we had the highest number of COVID deaths. So it didn't work.
1: Yeah, but then they'll they'll use that as a reason to say, "Oh, we need to lock down more." Now you are literally sequestered (laughs) to your house, and we'll have guards outside. That's so
3: crazy. They never back down. Like the obviously it didn't work right that's all we should be concluding from that like you said it didn't work let's try something different but they'll never do that they're just going to double down and make it worse
2: yeah imagine how much worse it would have been if we didn't lock down yeah exactly like with the like with the vaccines imagine how much more dead that person would have been if they weren't triple boosted
3: <laughs> yeah i just saw an article that i sent to to joe today that was this man explains his unusual rare reaction to his fourth covid booster and he had a he had a one in a million heart condition according according to this retarded article but obviously it was just like oh it's so rare and weird the fact that they even got it out there is incredible to me personally that we were even allowed to see that this man had complications from the covid booster but it was super rare but a heart condition nonetheless unbelievable yeah
2: even in our media recently, they've like a couple of months ago it was, oh, you know, global warming's causing increased heart issues and and heart disease. But in the last couple of weeks, it's been ramping up from doctors in within Australia saying that the long term effects of just having COVID can result in sudden death. And they're referencing famous people in Australia that have died recently, but they're completely admitting that all of them were vaccinated and usually three or four times boosted. Yeah, it's that
1: that old meme where they're like, oh, he died suddenly. Was he vaccinated? And they're like, that's rude to ask. And the meme (laughs) just says, bro, you asked me for a vaccination pass to get into a fucking
2: McDonald's, but now somebody dies
1: and I can't ask that.
2: Yeah, absolutely retarded, isn't it? It's all common sense and logic has gone out the window. But
1: dude, the drones, I can't believe they're actually using drones. I can't believe the US wasn't doing that, actually, especially since you and China seem to be kind of the testing grounds for you know how far they can push this shit i can't believe we didn't have drones around here but there's that robot i think it was in china there was like a robot that walked down the street too or rolled whatever and was like return to your houses it was like straight out of fucking terminator it's crazy But that's
3: not weird in china i'm sure they were like whatever par for the that's course very normal. communist china
2: yeah <laughs> well
3: australia for our, here here.
2: our state government our premier is considered the socialist left of the labor party so He's very, very, I'd say he's borderline communist. He's been to China multiple times. He signed up for the Belt and Road Initiative, which was where China would fund and build uh, highways and ports and everything. He was investigated by a federal police and nothing came of it. But this guy seems to have so many links with China and has instituted the most harshest lockdowns. He's definitely somewhere along the lines in some kind of new world order agenda or some form of trying to control the population. And today he's most likely going to win the state election again. Oh,
1: fantastic.
2: Oh, yeah. You guys have
1: as much uh, uh, alleged election rigging
2: as we do here. Oh, massive. Um, <laughs> we have a preference system. So there's nearly, there's roughly 40 odd parties you can vote for in the state election. But there's three majors there's what you consider the right wing, which is our liberal party, which is different to you guys, it's the opposite. Um, we have Labour, which is the left and the greens um so there's those three and all those smaller parties if you vote for them they have to preference a larger party everyone has to preference someone so essentially the traditional party the liberals they could they could get in they could win but all the preferences from the smaller parties can bump the labor party over the line and they can win out of that
1: what was that thing, uh, maybe it was Brandon that was bringing it up, where it's you guys literally have to vote, but people yeah, you- do that thing where they just, what was it called? I can't remember what it was called.
3: Hell no. What's it called? A donkey when-
1: donkey yes. vote, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. We have to vote here or you get fined.
1: So uh, is it attached to your identity? Like they know who voted for who?
2: Uh, yeah, so you've, uh, you go in, you tell them your name, where you live, they sign you off, they ask if you've already voted today, and, and you go in and vote. But like you I was going back to what you said about are there any shenanigans with this election. There's three parties, and one of them is called uh, Sack Dan Andrews. So you would think looking at the name of the party, they want to get rid of the guy. But if you vote for them, all your votes actually go to him to get him back into power. So he's actually breached electoral laws, but he's allowed to get away with it because he's got such a firm grip on our state. Wow, that doesn't sound rigged at all. No, definitely
1: not. Well, it probably goes on everywhere, and we just don't really hear about it as as much. I mean, everybody in the states is pretty much in in our little bubble of uh, America, you know. So that's why it's funny. I'd never heard of donkey votes, or I didn't even know you guys were forced to
2: vote. But that's yeah. Uh, a lot of young guys just draw penises on the ballot and put it in the box, and that's it.
1: Yeah, we were that's reading a whole our, article about it. it. Was
2: great.
3: Our friend <laughs> was telling us about that. He said, "Who would you vote for if you had to do the donkey vote? Like, what would you write?" and we were all just saying silly names we'd vote for. And he was saying, most people just drop penises on it, which Penis. I find hilarious.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. All, other people, they cross out the names and they wrote the, write their own name down and they put a vote for themselves. But, but maybe that
1: here yeah, too, but yeah, it's, a it's,
2: um, it's a bit funny that like they, there's advertising at the moment, how important it is to vote. And one seat was only won by 14 votes. And there were 3000 votes that couldn't be accounted for because they were filled out incorrectly so, those incorrectly ones were probably penises. <laughs> <laughs> Love it.
3: They were filled out incorrectly. It's not incorrect. Yeah. It's just a dick. Adjust your eyes, ma'am.
2: Uh, it's a big veiny cock, and that's what people want. <laughs> <laughs> I like, on super bad.
3: They're like, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what, oh yeah. We were joking about uh, if a big veiny cock actually got elected. Like that got the most votes because people were so frustrated with voting. That a, just a drawing of a dick was just the new president. Like that, I think it's a Black Mirror episode yeah. where they elect, they elect the cartoon. He's not a cartoon, but he's like a character in a costume. It, um, and they elect him. I
1: don't remember what country it was, but they were, maybe it was uh, Sri Lanka, or somewhere around there. Uh, they were actually using a deep fake or like CGI candidate. And it was so popular that the other guy started doing that too. And I don't know if that it was an actual real guy, but they were using deep fake, like his speech speeches and all that were like deep fakes. Like he wasn't actually doing any of that. Do you remember hearing about that? Yeah, I did. I to- um,
2: it's absolutely nuts. I'm going to tie back to a TV show, like hidden symbolism, stuff like that. In, have you ever seen the comedy series um the orville it's like a star trek oh movie. i love it yeah we've Absolutely seen it all a
3: hundred times yeah <laughs>
2: did you see where they go to the um the alien homeworld where their enemies live and they've got an election and all the the publicity and the bad press they put out about people is completely cgi and it never happened like the government shooting people in the yeah. streets so that will cause sentiment and up, uproar like how much on the on the news could be green screens and we don't know
3: yeah, I, I remember thinking it was really funny that Seth MacFarlane did that because he's so deep into Hollywood mm-hmm. and he put that episode out. That was when I think it was the, the krill or whatever, that girl yeah. was running and she was making it look like everyone was on her side. And really, it was not true. Crazy.
2: And that I'm, I'm well, so just came out of recently. Ukraine, didn't it? We've got um, Zelensky standing in front of those rounded green screens that even Marvel seem to oh, use yeah. where it's a full 360 and they can do a whole whole world built around them.
1: It's ridiculous. Uh, the Ukraine thing is just so worn out to me now. It's like, how, are people still even paying attention to that? They tried to bring it back up the other day with the supposed Russian missile going into Poland or whatever, and it ends up being a Ukrainian missile. And they just kind of were like, oh, brushed that under the rug, you know?
2: technically article five should have been enacted and nato should have attacked ukraine over that if you're gonna right. go by the rules that they set
1: i can't remember what outlet it was but it was some news outlet that had originally like uh their article went viral about how russia sent a missile to, over to poland and then like within a few hours the internet had debunked that and they had to like go put a retraction up but they're like they were trying to start world war three like that's That's asking for war to do that because NATO's right there. You know, they would immediately
2: retaliate if that was true. And that obviously didn't happen yet. So there's only two options. Either it was a complete accident and a missile hit Poland, or Zelensky was deliberately trying to bait NATO into a full-blown kinetic war. And if he's already done it with that, what's to stop him from using a dirty bomb in the future and saying it was a nuke?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that all of this is kind of falling apart now with the FTX thing. I don't know the specifics on it. I'm not a crypto guy and I don't, that stuff is so far above my head, but I've listened to a couple people talking about how FTX could have been the route in which they laundered money into Ukraine because of a Sam bank, bankman freed or whatever his name was, dork fucking vegan, uh, (laughs) It was a big supporter of the democratic party and it seemed like it was a democratic slush fund or something. I don't know how much you know about American politics. Yeah, as it's, far as it's,
2: well, yeah. I think we, we hear quite a bit of it. Um, especially with that, that just seemed to be a big Democrat slush fund where they put money in and it comes out squeaky clean. Hmm. That's, that's the one thing with, um, blockchain, like you throw it in and it could be dirty as all heck. And then you release it in some other form and there's no way to track what you've actually put in.
1: Yeah. There's no reason to have a, a- car wash anymore and like hand <laughs> longer all the money no you just do it through crypto now but the, the crypto crash is is a crazy thing and that could be a, a sign of the times but who knows there's a lot of people especially in this community that are really into bitcoin especially and saying it's the future and it's and i've heard great arguments on both sides but uh i tend to think that if it's electronic it's probably not for the best but yeah let i
2: call Corey Hughes is really on board with with crypto, specifically Bitcoin. He seems to be going all in on that. Uh, I can't help but feel uneasy about it. And the arguments are always, oh, you just don't understand it. But does anyone really understand Bitcoin? Like, we don't even know who created it. And that seems pretty like a sigh up to me.
1: Yeah, it's just one of those things where I have a gut feeling about it, that it's not something that's eventually going to be good. And it seems like the perfect uh psyop to draw people in to you know a cbdc or any any of these other uh, digital coins that they're trying to push now which is starting to ramp up a little bit too like they're having serious talks about doing that at least over here i don't know if you guys are doing that same kind of thing do do you see any uh central bank digital currency on uh, australia's horizons over there
2: it's probably on its way uh, my sister's a manager of a local bank and they're phasing out checks now and soon it will be physical money. But the big push at the moment is we're starting to get carbon credit systems. Like my bank just out of the blue said, oh, we're tracking all your spending and this is your carbon credit score based on you spend this much on recreational fuel. You spend this on this. And I had no way to opt out of it. The only way I can get around it is by withdrawing money from the bank and then spending it so they can't track it.
1: Yeah, and it seems like a slow roll, but here's the funny part. It's been a slow roll for fucking years. Ever since I was basically an adult, all of my money has been digital. It's been online banking, online transfers. And all it is, is numbers on a screen. Like I don't actually feel like I ever have any money because it's just how many numbers are in my bank account today? Yeah, I can eat. You know, it it seems like it's been kind of a digital currency this whole time. Anyway, sorry.
3: Uh, No, I was just going to say there are some businesses around here and we're in kind of a red community where we are, but they have been, they're no cash now. They won't take cash. So if a business in your area, Drew, decides or several businesses decide we are cashless. You have to pay with a debit card. Then you're shit out of luck if you're just pulling money out of the ATM. And I feel like that's going to happen if if they go do that. If they're doing a carbon you know, credit score where they're trying to <laughs> judge you basically for your purchases, they have to be able to track it. And they can't track it if you're paying with cash. So they're going to eliminate that soon, too. they will and
2: it's definitely coming it's and i felt like it's everyone seems to say but in the past three years it seems like this whole agenda has ramped up like they've pushed the it was maybe meant for 2030 but they've pushed it all the way through and they want to have it done by 2025 it's the escalation of it all is just happening way too quickly
1: what do you think that is uh because i've heard a lot of people say that too that it seems like something either went wrong whether you want to say it was trump threw a monkey wrench in or whatever something seemed to kind of not go the way that they were planning and now they're trying to push it through quicker. Like, what do you think that is?
2: I don't know whether that, if something went wrong or they just decided to bring it in earlier. Whether COVID was a real thing that broke out of a lab in China or whether it was an engineered crisis to make it happen, I think that's it's going according to their plan. I think the worst case scenario for them was a 2030, but they've got the means now and the technology to do it, so why wouldn't they?
1: Maybe the deadline was 2030 and they're like, actually, people are more retarded than we thought. We can pull this off in a couple of years. That's
3: exactly. I was just going to say the same thing. People are so easily led. I say it all the time, but they were like, oh, wow, this is easier than we thought. Fuck it. Let's dial it back to 2025. We can get this shit done five years sooner. We'll impress the bosses. They're just watching their CCTVs
1: and they're like, look at all these people with masks on. This is way easier than we thought. Holy shit. <laughs>
2: God, speaking of masks, I voted yesterday and you could tell ex- exactly who was voting for the left or the socialist left because they're all wearing masks again. We haven't had masks since the start of the year and suddenly to go out and vote, they're wearing their masks. It's like the MAGA hat of the retard. I don't get it.
1: I know. And I, we always talk about that. i like, I hate to stereotype, but there's certain things you can infer from people by certain things they do. And you'll probably get nine out of 10 things right about that person by one thing, just looking at them.
3: Well, when I see someone wearing a mask, though, it makes me feel bad for them. Maybe just because I'm sympathetic, but they're easily led by fear. Like you can tell they're afraid, they're scared. Mm -hmm. And for them to feel afraid about something that isn't scary if they just did their own research and stopped watching the fucking news and stopped taking That's racist, information. Though. To do your own
2: research is super racist.
3: <laughs> it's yeah, racist, you're
2: labeled yeah. a Nazi at that point.
1: Nice
3: I, I
2: agree. Like, there's people out there that might have autoimmune disorders or they could have family members that are going through chemotherapy and they have to protect them from any kind of viral um, outbreak. That's fine. I understand. But to see the same people who didn't wear a mask two weeks ago suddenly wear masks now because it's voting time, you can definitely tell that they're easily manipulated by what's going on in the tally.
1: Yeah. they Might as well just have it painted on their forehead. I'm voting democratic or whatever your equivalent of that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> they would probably be excited about that though. They're very, very excited to state their opinion. The typically. difference
1: is though, like, I mean, I haven't worn a mask and I can't remember how long my work mandated it for a while, but I always just had it on my neck, you know, cause I'm like, fuck that. Uh, but there are some people that would infer the opposite. If they see you out without a mask, they're like, ah, obviously a MAGA Republican who (laughs) probably does mass shootings, probably hates blacks. Like they, they infer the same stuff about just normal people, which I think I've always said, I think the majority of people are the normal people. It's just these two fringe ends of the spectrum that get blown out of proportion. And that's where all the uh, stereotypes come from. But like I said, nine out of 10 times, you're probably going to be right about
2: it. Yeah. In, in America, you've got that ability to wear your vaccine uptake wasn't as high. Um, in Australia, in my state specifically, it was forced on pretty much everyone. 95% of the people got it. As a part of my job, I had to have it or I, I lost it. And I've got a mortgage and I've got a, a wife and we're trying to have a family and everything like that. So there wasn't an option at that time beyond having it. Oh, that's what I thought at the time. Yeah. And I still get called an anti-vaxxer even though I've had it. Just because I show people, <laughs> uh, look at all these blood clots they're pulling out of people. Or look at this, look at that. Oh, you're just an anti-vaxxer. I'm like, can I be an anti-vaxxer if I was coerced into having one? Is that how it works now?
1: Yeah. Well, how, do you uh, have any worries? Did you have any adverse effects or anything? Or are you kind of worried about long-term effects? Or
2: um, I didn't have any kind of effects at all. Didn't have a sore arm. Um, there was only two options in Australia at the time, which was AstraZeneca and Pfizer, AstraZeneca is a non-mRNA. So that was the one I kind of had to go for. I pushed that out as long as I could possibly wait for. I um, did as dragged my feet as much as I could, tried as many loopholes as I could, couldn't do anything. Uh, my doctor said, sorry, your medical decisions are made by the government. Now we have no say in it. Jesus. I put myself through a, a pretty heavy cleanse prior to it. Um, and I've been taking a regime ever since and heavy metal detoxing, and that's all I can do at this
1: point. Um, no, I think you're I... on the right path. Uh, I, I heard sashimic or shasimic acid, one of those two, uh, yep. is great for doing that. And you can make that out of pine needle tea, apparently. Yeah. Don't pick my word for it. I'm not a doctor. But it sounds like you did everything uh, correctly for somebody who was coerced into it. And if I, Like I always say, I think a lot of these shots were also placebos or saline solutions. So maybe you
2: lucked out got no the control group. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, and the only thing that I think saved me a little bit was we were mandated as teachers to have three. So that was the initial two and the booster. And I was lucky enough that when I went in for my second one, I kind of drilled at the pharmacist about it and gave her this big old speech about like why it was an immoral thing to do. And, you know, I'm no, I know you're just doing your job, but I want you to recognize this is happening and this is going to be happening long term. And she was to the point where she was in tears and I finished off with, I'd, I'd like you to aspirate the needle for me. I want you to draw out so you make sure that you're not actually causing any clots when you inject me. And all she did was aspirate, freak out, put the needle in the bin and walk away. She never injected the second one. Wow.
3: So hey, I had not
2: I had a big gap in between where I had one shot and then nearly a year later had the booster. So I think that might help me in some kind of small regard. I don't know. See what happens long term, I suppose
3: interesting that is badass dude so she actually documented that she gave you the vaccine but did not yeah fucking a that is very cool she she didn't
2: know what aspiration was she didn't know that when you put a needle in you draw out to make sure you haven't hit a blood vessel wow
1: and these are the people that's the science that's trusting yeah that is the
2: science right it's safe and effective oh completely safe completely effective so Uh, good it doesn't stop transmission or infection
1: Oh, that's misinformation. Uh, oh, no, wait. That's actually <laughs> Ding. true now. Right? <laughs> Ding. No, I, I didn't know AstraZeneca was non-mRNA. I thought they all were except for J&J. Uh, but that's cool that you got one that was supposedly non-mRNA. But yeah, those are um, the ones I'd be most worried about, too, is the Moderna and Pfizer. Didn't
3: they discontinue the AstraZeneca, too? Yes, are they, they did.
1: Um,
2: so
3: AstraZeneca uh, yeah, is the
2: its the um Oxford version of a and j So it's an RNA, not an mRNA. Um. And it's really funny that it was here for so long. Then they said, no one can have it. And it got to the point where my wife and I had to go get the booster. And it took us a good six weeks of fighting and pushing to have the AstraZeneca booster instead of a Pfizer. And they fought us every step of the way not to have it. So that made me think that maybe that was, there's a reason they dropped that one because it wasn't doing what they wanted it to do.
3: Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they
1: were all actually do the exact same ingredients in every company. Wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) And different companies, like maybe AstraZeneca, were chosen to be the control group, you know? Who knows? There's no way you're going to ever prove this until probably 50 years there from There has now. to be a control, yeah. and
3: I, they can't use unvaccinated. So, I mean, I guess they could, technically, but they want to demonize us. But oh, I don't know, what if AstraZeneca, the non-MRNA one, was not bad for you? And mm-hmm. also wasn't a vaccine at all in any well, technically, none of these are
1: fucking vaccines, you know, by the classic. It's CRISPR actual... technology. <laughs> yeah. Straight from China.
3: Do you remember when CRISPR China. came out and everyone was so excited about it? I remember listening to a radio lab about one? CRISPR. Oh, yeah. And they, you can turn big, your baby's eyes blue. There yeah. was a big um, fight over who started it first. There was a doctor on the East Coast and West Coast of america i believe that were arguing like i found it first no i found it first and then it went to one of them and they talked about how it unzips your dna changes it up and then zips it back up and that was the radio lab episode i heard and i was like that is fucking terrifying that will absolutely be used for a weapon that's going to be weaponized in like you know right away immediately and oh, they yeah. were just talking about how fucking and then 2020 happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, To kind of pivot away from COVID, I'm so tired of the COVID, but I did want to get your kind of take being down in Australia, and it sounds like it's fucking terrible, so I'm sorry, dude. Uh, (laughs) What do you think the, uh, I don't want to say long-term goals, but what do you think about the transhumanist thing? Do you think the shots and 5G and all this stuff kind of plays into that whole goal? Because I heard a great argument the other day that said the transhumanist thing, robot takeover, is never going to happen. It's just something that's like the elite's wet dream, and they're like, this is what we would love to happen, but this dude, I can't remember who it was, but he was saying, I don't think that's ever actually going to happen. There's enough of a resistance movement, at least currently, that that's never going to happen. But what, what do you see as far as, uh, you know, robot humans?
2: Well, I, I can't help but go to a dark-pilled place with it. Like, I'm, I'm very optimistic in the things I'm doing and trying to set up for the future, but I don't think they actively need a Skynet robot system, DARPA dogs walking down the street with M4s sitting on the back of them. Humans are going to be the robots. We're they going to be have- cyborgs that Neuralink, like we've got watches on Apple watches. People have Apple watches. I've still got an analog one because I'm an old man. Um, Apple I watches. I don't have, books, no. No, I have to look at
1: time on my phone. <laughs>
2: it's
1: probably just as bad.
2: <laughs> we're, we're a quasi cyborg already. It's just not internal yet. And it's not going to take long, maybe a decade. And that stuff will be internal. You throw into that CRISPR DNA, uh, possible nanobots, things that could be in injections, even though it's false information. Maybe they don't need to program robots. Maybe they just need to program people's perception of reality.
1: Yeah. Well, they they always say it's kind of a a merger anyway. Uh, Not like we would be like half titanium and half silicon chips or something like that. It's just more of a, like you said, kind of like altering your perception, especially with AR. So I don't care about VR. I don't think that's going anywhere fast, it's just so terrible and awful. But AR or something, you know, like a Neuralink chip where you're actually seeing something that isn't there, that actually makes more sense to me in those big goofy fucking headsets you wear, you know?
2: Yeah, well it already exists on your phone. Like you can go to a a furniture store or anywhere that sells like something within the house, like maybe a new refrigerator, and you can pop it up on your phone and look at it and walk around it with your phone to see the dimensions of it in real space. So imagine if that's applied to like an Oculus that's on you at all times. I want to see what my new car is going to look like. You walk around it and you check the insides out. I'm going to order that tap and it arrives at your house you the next can, day.
3: Yeah, you can do that in at Lowe's and Home Depot. And yeah. you can just see see what it looks like in your space. And you just set this oven up and you can take a picture of your kitchen and see what the oven looks like in your house. I mean...
1: Shit is wild. I think you can do that. They've had that out for a bit too with uh, like paint. Like if you wanted to interior paint your house, you can look at, you take a picture of the inside of your house and have the different colors. I did that. Yeah, I I did
3: that with the flooring when we first bought this house. I was like, cool. I can see what it looks like here. So, I mean, that's fine. But remember, there's shows out right now besides Black Mirror that are pre-programming people to really, really want to be part machine part human like the peripheral i don't know if you've seen that one yeah
2: yeah i've seen the ads (laughs) for i haven't watched it yet
3: it's actually a great show um and joe and i've been watching it but these people have mods in their bodies and it does different like they do different things like one guy can recover memories from another person and what they have all different superpowers basically and you pay for it like a tattoo and you get these little body mods people are gonna want that shit
1: and that show specifically is kind of based on quantum superposition, which I fucking hate those kind of terms. Cause nobody even knows what quantum fucking means, but you get the idea where it's a different dimension basically. And they're, they're connecting through, through these like weird headsets and mods in their bodies and stuff. And obviously it's a great show for us because we're looking at it like, you know, snickering the whole time, like these motherfuckers. But... We're
3: looking at it for entertainment purposes only, but if that came to our front door, I'd be like, no, thank you. I'm good with my regular skin. I'm cool.
1: I'll go walk into the forest with my body and my my original ding dong. Yeah, but ding.
3: if someone offered you that and they said, Hey, you can have you can have the ability to do anything you want. You can fly. You can travel. Now, if you're through sticking time, shit in
1: me, I don't want anything in me.
3: I know you wouldn't, but you know, the plebs of the earth are gonna be like, Yeah, cool, that sounds awesome. I had Thank a lady you. I used
1: to work with that was she was older too, and she was super on board with any kind of like Modification. She looked like an old hippie too, which is very confusing because she was like, "I eat, you know go to uh, Whole Foods and make sure everything's organic," and then at the same time she's like, "I cannot wait to have like a Neuralink and chips and all this stuff." I'm like, "What planet are you on? Like, I thought you were like a hippie organic food person. What the fuck are you doing?" It's going to be the, the
3: plastic either. surgery of, of the future is going to be body mods.
2: Yeah, and they've, they've set it up so well. Like, at the moment, that there's a really weird fixation on gender, and you only seem to see it in cultures before they
0: collapse, like the Romans and... Uh... Uh, you kind of froze there, bud.
1: Uh-oh. That's a great screenshot, though. Yep. Oh, you think be you're there. back.
3: Sorry.
2: Okay, yeah, you- we... Uh, We're starting to see that huge delve into gender, and we're seeing kids who are now questioning their gender and changing their bodies. And we're starting to see the fringe elements come through now where kids identify as cats and the 43 different possible genders that are out there. They're teaching people that if you're uncomfortable with your body, instead of coming to terms with who you are and being proud of who you are, it's change who you are. And it's the next step will be... uh, I'm not tall enough. I really want to be an NBA player. I'm going to get super legs and I want to get really long arms and I want to be able to hit the three throw every time. So I'm going to get that upgrade. It's the quick incentive. It's like, here's a pill to make you attractive. Here's a pill to do this where soon it'll be an upgrade. Here's a new firmware for you. Here's a new hardware for your legs because the other ones are out of date. Now it'll be like lining up for a brand new cerebral cortex instead of the iPhone.
3: Yeah, 100%. That's, we've That's talked about that, too, on the show, where instead of people looking inwardly on themselves and being okay with who they are and, and their situation, whatever it may be, and bettering themselves, they're just like, no, it's not what I want, Meh. and they're all spoiled brats who just get instant gratification by getting to say, no, I'm a girl now, call me a girl, you better, or else you're the bad guy. I
0: work with retards. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. Um. Yeah, I, like, I'm i a teacher and I work in a state which is, like I've said, is socialist left. And as a white, straight man who's married with traditional views, I am the minority, yet I'm the person that's constantly felt like or has to feel like I'm the bad guy just for having my own views on the world. I can't even express the way I really think about things because it could be detrimental to my career.
1: Yeah, and that's the, I think the idea that, I don't think so many people saw coming is that it's not going to be a uh, holding a gun to your face saying you got to do this. It's more like they convince a certain number of the population to just do what they're told. And then with the social pressure, it makes everyone else do it. That's like what those, China does. Yeah. That is
3: exactly what China does right now.
1: It's like those old experiments, you know, where they have dudes sitting in the room and they're, one of them's the only one that's not in on the on the joke and the other five are in there and they're like, what color is this? And every single person says blue and the one guy that's not in on the joke is like, no, that's pink. But since everybody else did, he's like, yeah, it's blue, I guess. Like, that, it's fucking wild and it's happening on a mass scale.
2: Yeah, we're easily influenced. Now, I don't know what it's like for you guys in commie because you're in California, aren't you guys? Yep. Yeah, well, my education department uh, brought in uh, protection for trans children in legislation. So it's mandated in the schools. If a child feels that they don't identify with their given gender at birth, they can approach a teacher at school and the teacher helps them formally transition. So it's uh, gender affirmation. So they go by the gender they want to be called. And in certain circumstances, they can be helped to access medical information transitions the process like um hrt and all that sort of stuff all done without parental consent teachers are allowed <laughs> to do that in my state now is it like that in, in california or are we completely over the the deep end over here
1: um i want to say there there's probably some ordinances or legislation or something going on about that um they've it's definitely been talked about but that that makes no sense to me that you can get you know you you can Tell this kid that's nine or whatever that, oh, he says, I'm a girl. So, okay, you can cut your ding dong off, but you can't vote. You can't vote, drink, smoke, or anything to drive a car, but you can cut your fucking balls off because you think you're a girl on this day.
3: That's what I've argued this too, that kids are kids. That's why parents make their decisions. That's why when you take them to the doctor, you sign for them if they're under 18 because they can't make medical decisions. That's the whole point. So if you're allowing children under 18 to make their own medical decisions, you're going against the entire health system, which isn't great either. But I do agree with not allowing kids to make their own medical decisions. That's insane.
1: No, there's they a reason they are not allowed to make those decisions because their yeah. brain isn't fully fucking formed yet. That's why it's funny when, uh, you know, like 19 year olds have a strong opinion on something. I'm like, your brain is not fully formed yet. So I don't care what you think.
2: Come back to me when
1: you're like 30.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I don't know about you guys, like you've got kids and I can even remember when I was a kid. If you were to listen to me when I was four years old of what I was, I thought I was Rambo and I had the red headband around me at all times. Does so that mean my parents had to put me on roids straight away and I just started lifting when I was a kid? Like if kids are making decisions, they're going to see a lot of fire trucks roaming the streets when, we, when we're when we old. Like we're going to see some weird stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. And the the whole you can be whatever you want. No, you can try, but you definitely <laughs> cannot be whatever you want. Otherwise, I would not be, you know, the jo- with the job I have. I'd be something else that wasn't that job. And I, it, I could, I could try, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen.
3: But it's taking capitalism away. And I'm not a huge fan of whatever systems, eh, whatever, who cares? But capitalism, at least it uh, forces competition between people. People have to compete and try yeah, hard. Yeah, so communism does not And now with making everybody equal and making, it's okay, everyone gets a trophy. You know, the participation medals or whatever that kids get now, nobody has to actually try to do anything because they're all getting rewarded the same way. So there's no competition anymore. Nobody wants to strive to be the best. Because they're all going to get whatever everyone else gets. So who cares? Well, and, and that's pe- not, that's not cool. I'm sorry, but.
1: The population or the general masses idea of equality or everybody being equal is wildly different than the controlling uh, parasite classes definition. Their definition of equality is you're all going to be e- equal. You're all going to be under our boot and you're all going to be poor and own nothing and be happy. That's their definition of it. And it technically is equality. We're all going to be in the same concentration camp. Sure. Sure but everyone else, the masses idea of it is everyone's equal and we'll all have the same, uh, what do they call it? Uh, equality of uh, opportunity and equality of outcome. They all think that they're going to have equality of outcome and that everyone's just going to be like, you know, doing the kumbaya thing, floating on clouds when, uh, and they might be doing that in their brain implant that the elites put in there, <laughs> but really you're sitting uh, in the matrix in a pod, you know.
2: Or an assembly line, just shuffling things around. It's yeah. like the Elysium with Matt Damon. The elites are going to be living on some kind of a space station or lunar type of a deal or live somewhere high in the hog while the rest of us are in shanty towns and just barely getting by. And we see it in yeah. Gattaca too. Like in Gattaca from, what was that, the late 90s, you had the idea that they were genetically perfect humans. So CRISPR DNA could be brought into that where you choose the gender, the race, the eye colour, everything of your children. And you have a scale of what genetic superiority they're at. And the elite's are always going to have more money, so they're going to have the best kids. And people who have natural children are going to be the paupers.
3: But they all they have to do, though, that uh, this is what bugs me about this whole genetic modification thing. You can raise your kids to be fucking amazing people, but you have to do the work. You don't mm-hmm. get to just, just pop out a perfect kid. You have to be a good parent also.
1: I mean, my parents did.
3: Perfect. But the <laughs> I'm just <laughs> saying, the the idea of genetic modifying genetically modifying your children so that your kids are perfect and smart and this and that, you can train them to be intelligent by teaching them to do their own research and look into things and do their own little science experiments on their own. But nobody wants to fucking do that. They just want perfection with no effort. It's bullshit.
1: They want little automatons that do what they're told. It's uh, kind of like a trickle down effect from the elite, where they're like, maybe they're onto something. We want kids that just do what they're told and uh, are perfect and just sit there on their tablets all day. That sounds great. So,
2: Which is, so I just want to. It's like I want to order little Jimmy from the Sears catalog, but I want him in blonde, and when he's eighteen, I want him to be six foot five, and he needs to be very intelligent. And it's going to cost me. That sounds crazy. 000.
1: But that's probably what it's going to fucking come to. Some version <laughs> will. of that. Is probably will. what's going to
2: happen. It's
0: so
2: you look at the elites now, though; they're not the best at genetic, uh keeping the best genetic lines. They've inbred for that oh, long, they end Soros. up with a Hasberg jaw.
1: Look at George Soros, his fucking a handsome man, handsome man. It's like, get me off of this head; it wants to run. <laughs> so, what is uh, what's your idea on the to go a little bit deeper into this? Like, as far as the quote elite parasite class. What's your ideas on the not necessarily the origins of that, but what's your idea of who actually runs who's behind this? Is it like some arconic demonic force or is it just a bunch of fucked up humans that have a ton of money?
2: God, I've got I've got so many ideas, and it's changed so much, especially in the last couple of years now. But I have a feeling that if you're just to go off a human basis, that the Khazarian Empire has a very a big part of it, that they there were royals and there were elites at one point, which probably weren't didn't have our best interests in mind, but they weren't completely evil. And over time, the Khazarians infiltrated these families and made their way into them through marriages and whatnot and took over the elites of the world. So it's essentially one big power structure all working together. Beyond that, what's to say that these people don't have some kind of a deal with the devil to say that they're channeling things from other dimensions and, and making weird types of deals with things that we don't really understand just for their own gain? There's a lot of creepy stuff going on with CERN. Um, the the Babylon working ritual, which happened right before um, Roswell, is really interesting. Um, yeah, there's a lot but going on there. And I don't, yeah, I'm just trying to pull all these things together at the moment. I'm, I'm finding a thread that seems to be interconnected with all of them, and it doesn't look really good long-term.
3: I think yeah, the only thing that could
2: save us is if, if there is a Christ and there is a God, hopefully he wins, but... I don't know. I'm still kind of finding faith at the moment. And what I'm seeing so far, it's looking pretty dark.
1: Yeah. It's uh, the more you find out about all these uh, dots that interconnect. It's like, wow, this is way more complex and complicated than I ever fucking thought. And how do you even unravel that? And maybe that's uh we've talked about this before. Maybe that's the game. Maybe it's just to figure out what the fuck's actually going on. And the, the, Oh, I don't want to get into simulation theory. We've talked about that a lot lately, <laughs> but, uh, yeah I don't know i i tend to think i mean i we, since we grew up the way we did I tend to think that there is some kind of uh darkness or evil behind it just because it makes the most sense to me because there is there are good people and then so that means there must be evil people and if you have an ultimate evil that looks like what's running the world right now it's it doesn't care it's sociopathic It just is out for its own ends you know uh, who knows but I don't think the the actual names matter of the people. It's like you were saying, they're tapping into something, whether that's, uh, I think it's Steiner's, the uh, Aramon or whatever, the archonic type of energy that they're, they're tapping into something like that. whether it's from different dimensions or if it's actually like how the Bible puts it, where it's demons from the pit of hell, which I tend to not think so much, but they're, they're tapping into something and getting technology and power from this. And that explains the whole 1900s, the whole, how did we go from literally a horse and buggy a little over a hundred years ago to what we're doing now? That is insane. When apparently hundreds of thousands of years before that was exactly the same horse and buggy, spears, arrows, all that shit. It always blew my mind. Even as a kid, I'm like, if you did a sliding scale, like a graph, look at the way technology just went straight up in a hundred years. When supposedly we've been around for so long, like it doesn't make any sense.
2: It's the hockey stick analogy. It's a sudden. It's a steep climb out of the Stone Age, and then it's bang straight up. Technological yeah, I guess, superiority I'm, overnight. I guess that could be
1: explained, you know, like technology advances exponentially. Sure, but then there's the uh, the scientific idea, or uh, maybe it's scientific of entropy, where everything is slowly decaying. So how do you explain that kind of a rising technology if everything is uh, entrop- entropy, entropying? How do you say it? It's <laughs> fucking entropy. Whatever entropy.
2: But like we were advanced, sure. But I could pick, say, Joe up and drop him off via helicopter in the middle of the bush, and he wouldn't know what plants to eat, how to survive. He'd probably be dead in a week if he had nothing on him. People a hundred years ago would have a better chance. People a thousand years ago would be completely fine. We might be getting more advanced technologically and um, academically. We're getting smarter as a people, but we've lost so much to the point where. I couldn't even really classify us as, as, as humans anymore. Well, like you said, we're automatons. We're, we're in a system that we're we're completely reliant on, where we get our food from the store and we drive to work and we come home and we eat, sleep, repeat. It's not really living. And I think they've set that system up really well, completely based on a debt system.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It- like you said, a thousand years ago, people have no problem if you dropped them off in the middle of the woods. they are like, oh, I know I can eat this plant. And how did they get that knowledge? Because of thousands of years before that, everybody were like, Bob ate this one plant and he immediately died. Don't eat that plant. And everybody knew it because they were like, it's spread. You know, Everyone's like, no, that mushroom is not the good one. That one over there, <clears throat> talk to Jesus for a bit. That one's fine. But don't eat this other <laughs> one. You'll die. And then you drop a kid off in the middle of the woods now and they'll, I mean, not that they'd be Eating random mushrooms, but if they had to, and you're like, you have to survive in this forest, they'd eat the first berry and just fucking die. And that there's natural selection, I guess, for you because uh, we yeah. lost all that, and now they're just retard[s] that don't know what to eat. And I'm I'm in there too. If I was dropped off in the forest, I'd be like, I know there's a couple things I can eat. The rest, I'm not going to chance it because I'll probably die if I eat this.
2: Absolutely. And you look at what if you look at like random selection. Think about all the wars that have been engineered over history, where young fighting men who could have had really great offspring that could have done great things, went off and died and couldn't come home and have families. You've just lost all these genetic lines of what could have been really good human beings. And they're gone now like world War one and world war two, absolutely decimated Europe. And now I think they're really trying to apply that to the West in general.
1: Yeah. And that that's funny. Cause uh, I think it was China of all places that was, they were trying to like masculate men again. And they're like, you can't be doing this sissy soy boy shit. Like, we need soldiers, like alpha males, for fighting. And while th- at the same time they're doing that, the U.S. is like, uh, we're going to drop certain you know, uh, requirements for boot camp because we want to make sure that the chicks with dicks and everybody else can do this stuff. <laughs> so from what I've heard, boot camp in the U.S., at least now, is so basically easy because they've dropped the the hardcore requirements like the drill cam- the drill sergeant can't yell at you anymore and I'm like I thought that was part of boot camp like don't people go to boot camp for that thing that I feel like full the US jacket is, guy you know? the
3: US is opening it up though to make it look like we get taken over by China when we ultimately do possibly like oh they have to let you know transgender people fight and they have to be nicer to people now and they're just doing it because a bunch of the population will be very pissed if they don't that's not fair they'll be super angry But then when China destroys the United States, all of the leaders already know that's going to happen. They're just like, yeah, cool. It's fine. You guys can come in now. Ready? Here we go. Well, yeah.
1: And that's what's funny is I think of all places, uh, anybody who feels marginalized, transgenders, whatever, should go into the military because that is the one place the opponent doesn't give a fuck what you are or what you identify as. They're still just going (laughs) to. And then then we're all equal because they don't give a shit that you're transgender. They're going to shoot you anyway.
2: No, I thought it was bad enough 10 years ago when I was in the Royal Australian Air Force and our entry requirements were different for females. Like, yeah, women and men have different um, physical peaks, but you still want someone who's coming in to have the same, uh, the same outcomes and the same kind of options. Like, you don't want someone who's potentially weaker on the battlefield when you want the best of the best. Like, the idea of the military is to defend and attack, right? So you don't want to have to start making allowances for people based on who they are.
3: I agree with that. As a girl, I 100% agree with that. I would expect that if I joined the military, the standards for me would be the same as a man because the situations that I would encounter would be the same as a man. So it doesn't fucking matter what gender you are. If you can do it, you can do it. If you can't, you can't. So if the majority of men can do it, that's fine. You shouldn't lower the fucking standards because out in the field, the standards aren't lowered. They're even across the board. That's they what are, I mean. They it's are what they total are. Total equality.
1: They'll still shoot you. Yeah.
3: <laughs> if you have to lift something super heavy or carry one of your teammates and they're a hundred pounds and you're a hundred pounds, it's going to be a lot harder if you're a chick. Yeah, if
1: Absolutely. the dude was hundred pounds. That'd be a little easier. No,
3: I mean like if you're a hundred. I meant like if, if I'm like a hundred pound girl trying to carry like a person who's of equal or you know an average weight,
2: dude of two hundred pounds or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah how many five? Mean. Someone who's five foot nothing trying to carry someone who's six foot four. It's not going to work.
3: Exactly. I wouldn't be able to do that, but a dude could. So I would expect that if I didn't make it in, that's fucking fine. Because I wouldn't be a, a big help.
1: Yeah. And that that's funny because uh, I, I was talking to my coworker the other day about the way that uh, movies nowadays portray tiny little five foot nothing chicks just kicking ass. These big, huge dudes <laughs> and they just spin kicking them, choking them out. And it's like, that is not real life. That is a fantasy. Sure, there might be some five foot tall chick that can do that. They're very few and far between. If you have a six, five, 280 hundred and eighty pound dude, you don't have a chance. If you're just bare knuckle combating this dude, you're done before it even starts. It's just, and that's not um, what do you call it, sexist or anything. That's just no. They should, uh, reality. They should have
3: shown that, that person would have to go through the work they would have to do, like I was saying earlier, to get to a point where they could kick a six foot five man's ass. It wouldn't be just like, oh, I all of a sudden want to, so I just can, like a video game. Nah, and, not real life. Yeah, and
2: you, look, and you look at videos like of drunken nights out from security footage, and you'll see a short little girl running her mouth at some guy, and she'll slap him in the face, and he'll turn around, hit her, and she's down on the floor. Like, it's women yeah. that are not built for like like physical combat. Hit- if you ever hit me and I find
1: out about it.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. I. What do, what do you think this goes, though? I know I kind of said that before, but, like, what what's your... Uh, we always kind of close out on this. Where do you think... From your Australian perspective, where do you think the next five, ten years goes?
2: Um, I, I think that the, the new green deal will be fully in effect, that everything will be solar-powered or wind-powered, and as a result, there will be intermittent blackouts and... I think eventually that fossil fuels will be banned outright and you won't be able to drive your cars. You'll have to have electric or be on public transport. There'll potentially be emission laws around having red meat and everything will be on that ESG score. And whatever you can and can't do will be like a social credit system and that'll be globally.
1: And that's straight up black mirror. Yeah. Everything you do is going to be a one through five stars. And if it's too low, sorry, you can't get Starbucks today.
3: Yeah, like that episode Nosedive. That's one of my favorite ones. I showed that to my daughter when she was 14 because I was like, hey, guess what? This is what TikTok and Facebook and Instagram are doing to you. Watch this episode. And she didn't get it. I don't think she will, but (laughs)
1: it makes me think though, with all the the movies and the pre-programming of that black mirror type of future that they're trying to make people manifest that by making them think that normally I'm the black pill one where I'm like, yeah, it's fucked. We're all fucked. But I think that's one possible outcome, like one timeline that that's the one that they want to happen, the transhumanist future, and they do, they want everybody to be in electric cars and be in these smart cities and all that stuff. I don't see that happening at least anytime soon. Um, definitely not in like 5, 10 years. I don't, I don't think we have the infrastructure for any of that shit yet. They might still be working towards that, but hopefully if people can wake up fast enough and push back and not comply with all this stuff, I think we have a decent chance at not making that happen. It might still suck there. Uh, once they gain enough power, they don't ever tend to let that down unless you go full revolutionary war on them. You know, like the, uh, uh, what do they call it? The, was that? Yeah. The revolutionary war, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: There, um, I yeah. think you're right. You're, right right the manifestation side. you're definitely right What's on the that? manifestation side that I think if they get us into an idea of that, we're well, it's hopeless and we're fucked either way we're less inclined to do things that could either slow them down or stop them completely. And I've said this a couple of times with guests. I think the best revenge or the best way to make sure it doesn't happen is to live your best life and not not live in fear or be worried about what could happen and just try and put things in place that work for you. And I think it's a really big movement at the moment. You're seeing a lot of people starting homesteads and moving out to small acreage and trying to be as self-sufficient as possible. I think that'll slow it down for a little while. Um, and hopefully if we get enough people to do it, we get that, that 12th monkey type of effect where they can't slow it down. It's just exponential and people just build on that and keep going.
1: Yeah, it, it, I always think about, I try to think about all sides of that. And like, if it got to the point where people actually, there was enough people that were homesteading or living on their own kind of off grid out of the system as much as possible. If they got that pissed, they would probably just drop bombs on us or something. But then, then it's like, why would they let us go that far anyway? Like, do they need us for something? And that goes back to the occult harvesting energy and all that stuff. Because it's like, what? why do they all need us? If there's like a small group of elites, why the fuck do they even need us just to build their electric cars? Like,
2: they, that doesn't make any sense. It could, it could be Aldous Huxley type of a deal of Brave New World where they're going to have these mega cities that have all the best things there and the people live on uh, soy and bugs paste and they live in their pods and you go out to the fringes and there's the nomads that live out in the middle of nowhere who still grow their food like peasants. Like maybe yeah. it's going that way. There's definitely going to be a split in society and it's starting to happen now. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's going to be between the people who want to do the work. Like I've said this whole episode and the people who want everything done for them, because it sounds really nice. People want to be lazy right now for some reason. It's crazy. I would used to want to do the work and there's something nice. It feels really good to do a hard day's work. And it's not fun, but at the end of the day, it feels great.
1: Yeah, like, I would way rather work my fucking ass off all day and have people leave me the fuck alone and just get off my back about you know, taxes and all that shit. I'd way rather work the fields. And as much as I don't want to, I'd have to slaughter my own animals, whatever. There's something way fulfilling
3: about it, though, is what I mean. It Internally, you feel fulfilled doing that stuff instead of when you sit at home and have your smart refrigerator order groceries for you and DoorDash your meals and do w- whatever you're doing and then you know eat in front of the TV with your family and then you all go to bed and you never talk there's something so empty in that mindset but you don't think about it because people are thinking like oh this is all going to be done for me this easy is the future. easy this is great yeah. we're made to is think it- our lives are so hard it's not it's not that hard I-
2: you're right. And there's a different, completely different feeling after being physically fatigued from a hard day's work where you've got your hands dirty, opposed to a mental fatigue. Like the amount of people who work in office jobs come home mentally fatigued, they're ruined just psychologically. Whereas if you're physically fatigued, it feels good because when you sit down to relax, it's that, that sense of accomplishment. Oh, I can relax now because I have put the hard yards in and now my body gets time to recover because I've worked so hard.
3: But then you get to think about everything you've done that you did with your own hands and instead of just like thinking about how much you got yelled at by so-and-so <laughs> on the other end of the line or whatever business you were working with that day, which is, I mean, it's still a job. I get it that I'm not faulting anybody for doing a, you know, a mentally challenging job, but physical work is what people are afraid of right now. Nobody wants, I mean, people do want to homestead and i am we're seeing the movement grow, but not that much. I mean, it's not like it's all across the nation. People are like, I think just a lot more people are do- mm-hmm. and
1: you just don't hear from them because they're not on social Maybe. media or on the news.
3: Maybe I just see a lot of people that are like, I ordered my newest smart fridge today and I'm like, really? Okay, that's cool. That's
1: funny because okay. I have kind of a both job where it's a little bit physically demanding and kind of a lot mentally demanding because I'm dealing with fucking traffic and tweakers and shit all day. And then I'm getting out and lifting, you know, a hundred pound box and delivering that. And so it's kind of both, but I do feel drained on both ends. Most of the time I get home, but it's not bad. I'm just like, ah, ah, I'm going to sit here on the couch. It's great.
3: No, I mean, I mean like, so if we had to do everything ourselves, like we, if, if we had no money and we had to work in a farm, work in a field, build our own house, do every single thing ourselves.
1: Cut down the logs for the cabin. That would be
3: so fucking fulfilling (laughs) because we'd have to be stressed out. We'd have to be upset. We'd have to be disappointed. We'd have to make decisions that would be hard. We'd have to work to make things better on our own without depending on a single other person. And there's something to depending on everybody for what you're getting. And then once you rely on that, you can just blame everybody else for everything when you have nobody else to blame and it's all on you. You can be truly proud of your accomplishments.
2: Yeah. Oh, my beans died because I forgot to water them. Well, shit, I won't do that next time. Like,
3: yeah.
1: people have no accountability.
3: With- right.
2: Yeah. Well, our shit dies out
1: here because it's so goddamn hot during the summer. And there's only so much you can do about that.
3: And but- I'm used to growing shit in the Midwest. So I suck at growing tomatoes in Northern California because it's a completely different climate. I'm used to, you know, a fraction of humidity at least sometimes yeah, it's just
1: it's not it just good here. here this isn't the best place to homestead in this area but nope. well neither is fucking wyoming or something like that it gets cold as shit during the winter that's a lot of work to stay you know warm and firewood we'll have to, move and, to wyoming yeah. then
3: there are lots of places we can move
1: there are just saying i'm not moving to australia though i would love to go see you sometime down there but i'm not moving there i'm sorry <laughs>
2: <laughs> no i wouldn't either uh yeah uh I think what you're talking about with like not seeing homesteading, I think it's because we're seeing a lot of Instagram homesteaders where they spend $20,000 building a really, really elaborate chicken coop and they post it on their Instagram and they actively don't get anything out of it. Like they'll never pay off that investment.
1: They don't actually have chickens.
2: They just build the coop. No. Yeah. <laughs> you Rent them out. Rent your chickens well, out we- to Instagrammers.
3: We Joe built our chicken coop. We got chickens, and I bought, or you bought, like a little one. It was like a hundred bucks. It wasn't a huge one little or anything. Prefab thing. And then did chicken wire all over the side of the house, so they have like a little run. And yeah, so we have chickens. We're trying to homestead a little bit, but it's not like we're comp- we couldn't live off that, you know. I, like know. I could probably live off
1: an egg a day. It would suck, and I'd lose a ton of weight, but I could probably <laughs> make do. Fair
3: enough.
2: It's like eating an elephant. It's one bite at a time. Like, you as soon as you, like yeah. you get getting, getting eggs down. Next step is you're regularly growing vegetables and you're getting a good yield all the time. Then the next step might be, hey, I've got a water tank on my house so I don't have to water the, the, the lawns or I don't have to water the vegetables as much. That's saving me money. Then eventually you might work up to having solar panels hooked up to a battery where my energy bills are down more so I can invest in other things. Like, pulling yourself away from the system entirely, I think, is a pipe dream. You can never do it, but... Detecting yeah. yourself as much as possible is the best you can go for.
1: Well, especially since it's actually technically, at least where we live, illegal to be completely off grid. It's, yeah. it's, really? It's actually it's me. Yeah. No. Ridiculous.
3: No, you can't. You could can never sell a house. I work in the mortgage industry. You can't sell a house if it doesn't have, if it has like a wood stove, that does not count. You have to have mm. an actual electric hookup. Yeah. You got to be hooked up yeah. to the grid. Sorry. Gas. This gas is the electric. matrix.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they get you always dependent on the system
1: well dude thank you so much for coming on uh we'll let you get out of here uh no, what, thanks for having me your contact your contact infos i have it up on screen
2: but for the audio listeners uh yeah um i'm drew missing from your missing the Point podcast uh you can find me on all the usual podcatchers i'm listed on instagram as missing the point m-i-s-s-e-n And I am one of the three hosts of Conspiracy Theatre 3000, myself, Moral Bob, and Andy Rouse. And we're releasing our shows momentarily coming out soon. We're doing a lot of work behind the scenes to make sure that we've got some great content for you guys. And you should see that hopefully before the end of the year.
1: Awesome, nice. thanks, dude. And if nothing else, check out his uh, show just because he has a sweet, sweet Australian accent that we all love. I've been wanting to get uh, the guys from Mysterious Universe on the show, but I think they're a little too big for us. But hey, I actually like you better. So, fuck these guys. <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so um, a lot. Right, have a good night. Thanks everybody on the Rockfin chat and the audio. We'll see you later.